not remember, but I certainly do. I interviewed a woman named Catherine who responded to a podcast that I had written and recorded called The Other Woman. She emailed me this very, very long, in-depth email, and the subject line was Another Other Woman. And the title itself struck me and pinned me in place, enough so that I wanted to get in touch with her and talk with her regarding what it felt like comparing notes without slamming the men that were involved in our lives on what it felt like to be the other woman. You know, the woman that is involved with the man who's married or dating somebody or engaged to somebody, but more often than not, very married. And we did compare notes and she heard my podcast and she was inspired enough to get in touch with me because everything resonated with her. We had so much in common, the hurt, the sadness, the depth, the feeling, the emotions, the empathy for each other, and the sympathy for ourselves. And she just got in touch with me a little while ago and said, hey, I'm in a different stage in my life, and I would really love to talk with you again. And I couldn't have been happier than to have brought her back on and to hear where she was in her life. So I'm bringing Catherine back on to the Sugar Mom Podcast. And I'm Robin Marshall. And to be honest with you, we've been in touch with each other a couple times in between that podcast and this one. Socially, just to see how each other were. Because we were both afraid to do this podcast together once again. Even in the beginning, because we didn't want to stir up muddy waters. We were both healing and trying to get through it and were a little apprehensive about talking to each other initially about it. So here we are again, stage two. And honestly, I've not heard anything from her in regard to what she's been through since we've talked last. It's been more about how are you, social chit-chat, but I have no idea what's gone on in her life as far as the other man being the other woman and her husband. I don't know where she is. We'll find out because I'm just about to ask. Hi. Hey. <laughs> it's like a guilty pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking too. I mean, it's funny because I told you I listened to the other podcast. You know, I was walking around that entire time. I was not still. When we recorded the first time, you mean? Yeah, I was walking outside like in my around my house. Mm -hmm. Well, because it's very hard to sit still when you talk about something as intense as it was. Me too. I mean, even though I was trying to pretend like I wasn't and I thought that I had all my shit together, it's that kind of friction or something in the air that uh, I'm glad that we were able to maintain a friendship throughout the whole thing. And I want everybody to know that, yes, I'm bringing Catherine back on and we spoke about being the other woman, what it was like to live that life. So Catherine and I have not talked really personally since the last podcast we did together about being the other women in somebody else's life. 
And we've talked socially. How are you? I'm coming to New York. Would you like to get together? You know, we've done that kind of stuff. But we never really followed through. And it wasn't because I didn't want to see you. And it wasn't because you'd want to see me. It's just my kids got in the way. And I'm sure your life got in the way. So the purpose of this podcast is not to see whether we've healed and we're better people because we were perfect people that just got stuck in a rut in the wrong situation with somebody else's life style. But now we're in a different place. And I want to know if you really are in a different place. And if I am, because I think sort of we keep each other honest. So I'm asking, let's recap what I remember the last time we spoke. You were still fighting with your husband, but you were sort of in flight. And with this other guy at the same time, you weren't divorced yet. You were in the process of all of that craziness. Your husband was getting kind of nasty with you. Your children weren't happy because the other woman, (laughs) not you, but the other woman, the wife of the other guy got nasty and was name calling and you lost your job because you were working with the man you were in love with. And I think we had just commiserated about how it felt to be the other woman. And me at the time, I was teetering. Like you said, you were still seeing this other guy because you could. And I was like, what? How in the world are you doing that? I don't understand that at all. But in the meantime, what I admitted to you after hearing you say that was, you know, quite honestly, if I was given the opportunity, I probably would too if you showed up at my door. But by the end of the conversation, I think I changed my mind because after hearing everything you had to say, it put me back in my place. That's sort of how I felt at the time. And uh, I've never heard from him again. I've never seen him again. But I want to know. What's happened with you? Hmm. Um, Loaded question. <laughs> yes. Well, remember, we were still seeing each other, even though we had been caught by his wife. So since the last time you and I spoke, things with John continued on in a way that's, you know, consistently made me feel sad and hurt and secondary in his life, but simultaneously still connected and to and wanted by this man that I really loved for so long. And regardless of what's happened and where I am today and where he is, still captivated, for lack of a better word. I mean, I'm, I've tried to create distance and move on, but he won't let me go. And I've been struggling for a long time. Last time we talked, there was somebody new in your life. But yes, you were still toying with the idea of being with John. But this new person, I thought, was taking center stage. Yes. And, he, you know, he has in a lot of ways, but John is always kind of like lurking, whether it's like really like on the phone or like in my mind. I mean, when I say that, maybe it sounds like I'm still with him the way I was, which is not how it is. And I don't see him all that much and we don't speak all that much, but he's really there. And I've, I have put a lot more energy into developing this real relationship with this, this other man who really is wonderful. But, you know, he's going through a divorce. He's still living in the house with his soon-to-be ex-wife. And there's a, like, there's stuff that comes along with me and the baggage from John that makes that hard. You know, so you kind of like see the damage that was done there. I can't believe you're living through this twice. That's what I mean. So when I started seeing this other man, I said, I'm never going to be an other woman again. Right. (laughs) So if, if there's deceit that's attached to being with me, 
to call me when there isn't. And, and he's really forthcoming. I've met his brother. I've met his mother. I've met, like, his soon ex-wife knows who I am. She's seeing someone. So oh. it's different. Wow. But there are those moments where it's, he's on the phone with his son and he says, oh, I'm, you know, at a baseball game. And, he's, you know, there's still that that makes me cringe and I am blaming John the affair because really there has to be some damage left after that. Right? Absolutely. But does he make you feel included with this new family that you are about to encounter, or do you still feel like that other woman syndrome? I mean, the kids, I haven't met them. They're still dealing with their the fact that their parents are getting divorced. I mean, he's way further back in the process than, than I am. But he's really honest, that, you know, forthcoming about it. He knows about John. Yeah. You know, so still those little things that make you feel kind of and yucky. Isn't it funny that he knows about John, and that's what's most important, aside from him knowing about your husband. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, now I'm divorced. That's the other thing. Yeah, happened. but still, that was your husband. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you know, they take over so much. It's, yes. It's stepping away. I realized how, like, in it I really was. It's like quicksand. Yes. Well, we call it, me and my girlfriend call it dick sand. <laughs> <laughs> I like so, that. So wait a minute. I, so you and your husband are on good terms? Like you're you're okay with the kids and everything? So what's going on there? Well, no. So, oh. well, you know, life inevitably moved on. Finally, after, you know, the eight years, this divorce was finalized a few months ago. And things did not go well for me, but that's a whole other podcast. No, it's not. What happened? Because you were just, representing you know, yourself. Right. Yeah, he's very well connected legally and I don't know what happened. I mean, it really, I just was really left with kind of nothing. But I, I'm divorced. and. Do you mean financially you were left uncomfortably and without? Yes, exactly. We lived together until the end. And I was forced to leave our house in 10 days. This is a crazy story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, find a new home for my kids and myself and like build this new life really fast. With the kids? Right, with little help. And side note, I couldn't get my things out soon enough. 54 days later, now I still don't have half of my clothes. They're stuck in the house. You know, just, just some rotten stuff. But I did it. You know, I, I said, I have, to, I have to find a place. I stayed with friends. And it was hard to find somewhere to live in the town we were in because it just was hard. Things were a little expensive. And these renters wanted all these credentials that I didn't have. I mean, I had really been in a funny place. So the story goes that I found this one house that I really loved. It was like an actual house and it just felt right. But it was over my budget. And again, I didn't know what they were going to want from me. And it was in the next town over where John and his family live. So I'm thinking, do I really like want to live in that place? Even though my kids would be in the same school that in our town. And that makes a big difference. Yeah. And then I always thought, well, would it look like I was following, you know, and then I just thought it seemed impossible to get this house anyway. So I kept looking and then unexpectedly these people called me they just felt like it was right they said they wanted me here they <laughs> thought it was a house for me they lowered the price they waived all these requirements like when can you move in so i said how can i not move here why am i making john and his family a factor in this big life choice like i'm gonna move here i'm gonna you know remain somewhat anonymous i'm not gonna parade around this town i'm gonna live my life if you think about it for a second if i'm in your mind for a second. It was more about getting out of the divorce, getting out of the house. For some reason, this is the part that I'm not sure of yet, but you wound up with the kids, which is great. 
and you really didn't want to distance yourself from John, but you were still seeing this other man. So you were sort of putting yourself in a very precarious place, but you needed to get out, find a place, and be comfortable for your children, keep them in the same school district, and that's what you did. Yes, I thought you'd be proud of me. (laughs) I am very proud of you. You did a good job. I'm proud of you, Catherine. (laughs) But it it was funny in that whole, like, universe-faded way that why did this house work out, you know? I love it. But even before divorce was finalized, it took a couple months for all the judgments to come in. We were kind of waiting. You know, John was not really present, but he was ever-present. You know what I mean? Like Yes, he was the baseline. Yeah, (laughs) but the communication took on this really distinct pattern. This is where it all got kind of strange. You know, he would reach out to me and tell me that his wife, Melinda, will say, told him that she knew I was having an affair with this guy or that guy, and he would ask me and, like, accuse me, and I would say no because I wasn't. And, you know, it always expressed that I was hurt over these accusations, and then he would apologize profusely and say she was crazy, and then I'd pull away. And then I'd hear from him again, and now it would be romantic and loving. And Hold on a second. I'm confused. You were seeing somebody else that was healthy, that that was the alternate choice from your husband or John, and right. John didn't know? Not, not in the beginning. I told him when it got a little more serious. I did tell him. Hold on. So when his wife said this and that, she's having an affair, that's what she calls it, an affair, after you're divorced and he is still interested in you, it's your affair but she's telling him you're having an affair and he didn't know you were dating this new guy that's not so new anymore that you're happy with? Oh, she was saying I was having an affair with men that were married, like oh. a guy in town okay. and real people, like with real lives, because she never knew that I was going to get this information. I mean, she fabricating these stories about these. And I realized it was because she wanted him to think I was just like home-wrecking yes. other woman, right? I mean, why else would anyone... Make up what? the story. She would say that I was at her son's graduation and I was sitting behind her and it was all getting like <sighs> a little scary. And don't you wonder about those kind of women? Like, why would they want their husbands to stay? So she won. She got him, right? I mean, he didn't leave her for me. So Well, because he's a pussy. She, well, <laughs> huge. Yes. So <laughs> that's the moral of the story. <laughs> so, you know, it was just, it was. For, first of all, I did not mean to jump ahead. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I've been there. That's the moral of the story. That's the beginning and the end. So, you know, I would pull away because I was offended, and I would say, like, stop accusing me. It's gross. Like, why are you doubting me? And then, you know, he would kind of make up for it, and then these conversations would get sexy, and then it would lead to, like, let's meet at the park or at the library and say hi. And then was I torn because I was trying to have a healthy relationship with this other guy, yeah, but and that's where I think like there's nothing like him, right? But wait, he still didn't know the other other guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. He knew that I was seeing someone, but I think he obviously felt that I still like loved him and he loved me, and we were the ones we wanted. Although, yes, in but his then, perfect world, I get it. And then we'd kiss and we'd hug and miss each other, and it would, of course, always end up having sex, you know, and it was somewhere uncomfortable or you know a little dangerous like and then it was like beneath what this love should be about right but I couldn't help it I mean you always said like when I listened to your podcast and when we spoke last time you know it's that 
touch, that feel, that smell, and still have one foot in stick sand. Dick sand. Horrible. I'm almost afraid to ask you this question because I don't want to open Pandora's box. I think I know what you're going to say, but yes. Did you ever watch the series called The, the Affair? Noah and of course, Oh, Allison. my yeah. God. All right, so the last episode... I don't remember who it was that said this. Oh, Noah and Helen were talking, and they said, so, you know, just because we were in love back then, it doesn't mean that the next person in in our lives or in line is going to feel the same love that we did the first time. It's a different love. And when I heard that on that show, it's like I sat straight up in my chair and I said, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> it's not just me. <laughs> Or Catherine. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's just, I mean, yeah, I know. I know you know. Yes. It, so, it takes a, a series on TV to straighten me out. Yeah. And, and, and it didn't straighten me out. So, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. So, and, and every time I would see him, it's like that desire, that emotion, like it was still there, still strong, even though it was so infrequent compared to when we were together. And then we would separate, and then a week would go by, and I wouldn't hear from him again until Melinda said, you did this. And, and it was like this weird cycle. But were you okay when you didn't hear from him? Um, no, I mean, a part of me was, like, angsty, but, but better than I was, than I was when I first spoke to you. Because and you had... This other guy. Yeah, I'm and sorry. because it was unattractive to me. You know, here he was, like, in jail and yep. accusing me. And he, But then it was, like, when I saw him, it came back. But I saw him so much less that... It, like the shitty part was taking over, which I was glad about. You actually became his wife. You were like his future ex-wife. <laughs> this is so crazy. It is. So then, you know, I get upset. But then there was the fact that this woman was really fabricating these stories that were worrisome. Like, I don't know who else she's saying. You know, nothing seemed to be like fading out over there, you know. You know, I remember soon after we got caught, he said, let's just wait until the dust settles and we can be together. I mean, Robin, the dust never settled. Mm -hmm. It's worse than ever. I mean, she, I think she's gotten more angry and jealous. It's called paranoia. It is rightful and justifiably so, if you think about it from her perspective. Right. Okay, so yes. we have to give them I that. I do. And, and then I say, why are you still there? Why is she still there? You know, he says, well, the kids, the kids, the kids, the kids, they'll hate me. You know, and, and then I just need to step out because I, 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 I can't. Like, that's their whole thing and their whole problem. And, like, you're right, I have to let her figure it out. So I would pull away again, and then they would circle back to the same communication. So, you know, I, I knew I needed to say goodbye for good. And even those few times when you and I spoke, I think I was down south. There were moments where I was like, I'm going to do this, but then I just always kind of Back then, I convinced myself there really wasn't that much harm. I mean, I didn't see him that often. What's wrong with talking to someone who I just really had these feelings for? And it was just going to go away. But I think, you know, it doesn't really work. Let me just tell you a philosophy of mine real quick. It's like if we invest time in somebody from years ago that, that we are boyfriend and girlfriend, there had to be something about that relationship that we really, really liked. So if we go separate ways, there had to be a reason why we split up. So then I go to the third step, which is once we've split up and once we have been together, when we get to that third step and we come across each other in the future, why shouldn't we like each other if we liked each other then? And it doesn't mean romantically. There's got to be something about the person you liked or loved enough to keep you in touch 
or in glue with something in their life? I mean, he wrote me this letter at this email out of the blue like a couple of months ago. And it just said, today, I just, you know, you're my friend and I miss you. And it's the same thing. It's like erase all those things when you don't really have to, but you should. Yes. So starting, you know, really starting to like this new guy. And that, like I said, that was pulling me away, except for all of his kind of drama. And it also wasn't John. I mean, there's there were things I liked. They're different. They're, they're different. Anyway, I move into this house. And I didn't tell him, John, but I knew he would eventually reach out. And when I did, I told him where I put And, you know, I remember, like, you could tell the excitement and the stress yes. were, like, equal and evident. Like, he was probably like, holy shit. Yeah. She's in this town. And then, like, oh, my God. But I was trying to focus on myself. I mean, I wasn't going to hide, but I wasn't going to make big spectacles of myself when I was in town. It was a little freaky. I was always looking over my shoulder. And then I was also, like, it, it, I'm sure we were both going through the same thing, scared, but, like, a little exciting. But, you know, I was growing tired of the communication. And then this is what really kind of killed me. One point we were talking and he admitted that you know, he kept telling me he couldn't talk to me and he was being watched. And then he said the truth is he was trying not to. Trying not to what? Not to contact me, not to come over to, to my house that was like three miles away because he felt guilty. And I mean, that hurt on a level like I think only an other woman can understand. I mean, here I was being toyed with for all these months. And he was trying to stay away, but lying and saying he couldn't be with me. Like, I want to slap him. Yeah. And, and that actually made me turn a little corner. Good. <laughs> it did, because I thought, like, fuck you. I mean, you know we're, like, dying to see me, but you're just, like, and you can. You're, like, alone in your house, but you're not coming here. Because it just felt really kind of cruel. That was that same moment when I heard my other guy talking to his wife in my living room saying, nothing happened. She oh asked God, me I, to come I'm here. It's, it's the same shit. <laughs> I mean, I have to tell you about that because I thought about that the other day. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, so I, <laughs> oh God. I think about that all the time. It's I, feel, I, like, I actually picture, I've never been to your house. I, I can picture it. I can picture the robe that you said you were in. And you, like, I feel like I'll that moment. Like, I'm glad I have a sense of humor because when I think back on it, like, I was furious and I'm the one that told his wife, he's lying. What the hell is wrong with him? And and now when I think I mean, back on it, it is hilarious because it was such a sick moment. But I wish to God you were at that point and you would just pull out of this shit. I, I know. And I, I mean, once he said that to me about how he trying to stay away I did I, I was like doing whatever I could live my life get away from his and it, it was good and then just a few weeks ago literally this drama began to rear like this ugliness that no. was alarming no I mean but it just you know the same thing but to the point where I did take a bigger turn than I ever have and I so Melinda was like pulling the same thing but the craziness got like was escalating so I get an email from John that says I heard about you are you okay I had no idea what he was talking about, and I sent back an email with a question mark. I mean, I think it's facilitating a final and real departure from this man. Yes. I'm not sure if it's working, but it's a good step. I mean, basically, she fabricated another story, and the detail was so convincing that he has questioned me four times about this. Basically, you know, his, his wife is a nurse, and she told him that I've been having an affair with a doctor in the hospital, and there was a name and details. It asked me about it, and I've just said, you know, this is bad shit crazy. Like, stop asking me about this. It's gross. And just last week, he sent me just kind of a trite email that said, she's sticking to the story, and I kind of get it if you did it, and how are you? 
And oh. I met Robin, I, I said, how am I? And I said stuff I've never said before without a worry that, like, this would end it. And I just said I was disgusted by what she was saying and offended by all these accusations. And I was breaking my heart that he was living with this disgusting behavior and deceit. But, like, I had enough, and I'm, I'm walking away. Can I please give you a round of applause just for a minute? I don't yes, care how you. the story goes. Hold on. <laughs> and then I have a very important question to ask you. Wait, did you say her name was Melinda or Belinda the Good Witch? No, Melinda. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would have preferred Belinda so that I could finally put the Wizard of Oz to rest in my oh, brain. My All right, so what happened? She's a little nuts. So, and I felt good. I mean, I remember saying that email to the point where I was tempted to reach out to this doctor because I looked into him and oh my like, god, you know, they got social media. I mean, she, this woman, Melinda, is friends with that. I was worried that she was going to somehow totally falsely drag me into some other story. But then I figured there's no way she would have told anyone else's story because she was at the root of the lie. And I'm sure you know, she had no idea he was telling me, right? So I just kind of let it go. Like I just felt like that was it. Maybe he, he won't reach out to me. I <laughs> want to kill you right now. <laughs> the next morning, oh, he calls me. Oh, this is the person that can never call, right? Because he's being watched yes. all the time. Calls yes. me right away from his phone number to my phone number. No <laughs> worries. And I remember seeing this name come up, and I was like, oh, God. And I, you know, he was frantic. He wanted to explain. She said all this in therapy. He said, how could anyone lie in therapy? And, I mean, I, I think I dropped the phone laughing. I said, <laughs> you know, he's like, my mind wanders. I can't let go. I'm desperate. And I just said, we've all been there. I, I've been in pain just like you have. I just said everything I wanted to say all this time. Yes. And I just said, I don't know what you want from me. And if you want to spend your life miserable and pretending, you do it, but I don't want to. And then I realized I'm like supporting him and consoling him and listening to the story. And it was familiar in like this really shitty way. But then, of course, like it was alluring and the closest in the conversation is like his addiction. And I was like, is this the relationship or is this this guy? And, and I just hung up. I said, I got to go. And if you want to call me tomorrow, thinking this guy calls me tomorrow, calls me the next day. Wait, wait, what were you expecting? I thought that he was going to just drop it because I wasn't really putting up with it. Like, I just was sounding different, and I was, like, not there in the same way that I always had been. He's not leaving. He said he wasn't leaving, obviously. And I thought maybe he was getting it, but that was crazy and silly. Wait a second. You were thinking that he finally would get the fact that you didn't want to be a part of this anymore or that you were giving him an ultimatum that if he wanted to be a part of it, he had to finally man up and leave and come to you with open arms and say, fuck everything else. I think the first thing he said, I think he was realizing that I was like, I'm out. Because he was never going to do the latter. And he knew I knew that. He said to me at one point, I thought about us being together and it would never work because my kids are so mean. And then I said, we're not together because of you and your wife. You get divorced, you have an independent life. It would be a shame if I could never know your children, but there's time that you won't be with them. And it's not going to happen. Like, you're not leaving. I think he realized I, like, figured him out. He knew that he, you knew it was over. I think over. he knew that I just had it. I yes. had it. Yes. Even though you knew I had it. And I never let him know that I had. Because I guess in a way I hadn't. Because when he was in front of me, I was I was there. I spoke on the phone and... The next day he called me and I answered again and he's trying to like reach this connection, make these jokes and I wasn't really falling for it. I mean, I still felt that butterfly in my stomach when I saw his name come up. And the fact that he was struggling, trying so hard to make it up to me, I was getting sucked in. Yeah. Like again, stick stand. And then he says to me, 
I mean, are you ready? Let, are you wait, <laughs> hold on. Before you say it, let me reiterate what you just said. Dick sand. One more. That's probably what I'm going to call this podcast. So go ahead. He says, I was thinking maybe you should just come over. What? <laughs> come over. Come over and, like, have sex with me in my house. Now the children are back at school and... I was like jaw dropped, you know. It's just so crazy. This guy is so afraid to call me on the phone, yet he's going to bring me to his house. Excuse me for one second. Been there, done that. <laughs> Picture me on a megaphone right now. Been there, done that. I mean, and a part of me, which I wonder if I should even admit, that just because this woman has barraged me and said these disgusting things about me, part of me wants to just go over there for that. But absolutely. But I wanted to be like, yeah, I'm going to go over and fuck you in that house. And this woman's going to know that you called me every single time. I never started this. You know, do I want to do that? I didn't. And it was like it was like a moment of spite. Did there, you but... go? No, no, no. No, I did not go. Oh, thank God for small um, favors. I didn't. Here I am. But do you want to <laughs> know something? When I was confronted with the two of them in my own living room, one of the questions that she asked me was, you've been to my house? And I said, Yes. And she said, it wasn't my husband that said you had a problem. It was you that answered his call. And I said, yes. And she says, did you have sex in my bedroom? And God damn it, I wanted to say yes. It was only out of spite. But I mean, I didn't. So I said no, because I'm an honest idiot. (laughs) I could have probably ended the marriage right there if I said yes. Right, and that's the thing. I said to him, this time we spoke on the phone, I said, look, I've stood here for 17 months. I've been called terrible things by your children. Yes. And I've never said a word. I said, but that's ending now because I'm not going to keep protecting you. And if that happens again in this town, and I thought to myself, I'm going to say exactly what Robin did. And I'm going to say, are you ever going to tell the truth? I yes. Mean, not what happened. And I remember when you told me you were standing there and he was lying. Yes. To her right in front of you. I was listening and to I him. Really, I have, I remember a lot, I have your, your words and your voice like, um, like on deck in my brain. It was, it's ridiculous. And I'm going to say it. And I almost like part of me kind of wants to be in that position because it'll just end it. Like I'm you know, protecting him, but it's but protecting him. I'm hurting myself. And I just want to be free of it because he never protected me. And I'm not trying to hurt anyone, but... I'm not, you know, there's no way I'm lying. And if he invites me to his house and I stupidly go, which right now I'm not planning on it, if she walks in, I mean, how do you think I got in now? Hold everything right now. Hold (laughs) everything. You may think in your little brain, which is a very big brain, by the way, I didn't mean to ridicule. (laughs) No, I got you. You may think that she thinks that he let you in, but she may really think you broke in to steal her husband. Yeah, that's probably true. Right. I mean, but then should I show her like the 2000 email? Like yes. letters and all these yes. things? Yes. Yes. That's what you need I to mean, do for one or two reasons. One, to have her let you go and realize what she's married to. Or two, to let him go so you two can finally be together. Right. That's the thing. I mean, she, it's so twisted because at this point, it's like the battle is to come between me and her, which is so yucky and and strange. And I've never said anything rotten about her until I sent this last email. So what's gone on since then? So that was last week and called again and someone was coming and he had to go. And I said goodbye and I haven't spoken to him. I mean, and I don't, I'm not. Wait, it's been a week since you've talked to him? 
Less than a week. Oh, God almighty. All right, let me just say congratulations. <laughs> and that uh, I'm proud okay. of you. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Whether your mother or father have said it or not, I am proud of you. <laughs> and the funniest part of this whole conversation, even though it's all sick be- between the two of us, you know, your situation and my situation, the funniest part is we've not heard word one about your husband. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, I mean, or your kids? Really? <laughs> well, because you know, I've I've been doing a good job at compartmentalizing. My my kids are so much better now that their dad and I are not in the same house, and good. that's all that matters. Oh, that's and good. He's terrible, and won't give me my belongings, and we have to go back to court. But but that's why you didn't want to marry him in the first place. You thought he was a dick. He wanted to stick to the schedule and do everything the way it's supposed to be and never have any change, and you are no. not that person. Yeah. And, it, but, and, and, you know, everyone said, oh, my God, I can't believe you're dealing. I mean, literally thrown out of this house. I mean, no one in a million years thought I was. But I said, but I am free. I'm not married, and I'm not living with this person. So, like, I took my life changed in an amazing way that no one could really understand except for me because of the way I was living and how terrible it was in that house. I'm calmer and stronger, even though it's been hard. And I'm starting this new scene, this new chapter. That's why with John, to be honest, I still want him and I'm still so attracted to him, but fitting in less and less. Like, he's not present and he's not really doing anything impressive to me anymore except being, like, super hot and (laughs) sexy when I see him for five seconds once a month. You know, I think that you really are on that track. You want it to fade out because it'll be less stressful in your entire life regarding not just your husband, not just him, not just your children, but what's the new guy's name? David. David and you. He's really good. Yeah, and you're right. That's a big part of it. And for some reason, you've got to let go of all that other crap. And the last time I talked to you, after I spoke to you in the beginning, I thought, oh, my God, I mean, she's telling the truth. And I, and I cannot deny that if he knocked on my door, I would open the door and I would welcome him with open arms. And I would say, OK, no matter what has happened, you are back in because there is really? no Even after the, the night with the wife in the robe. <laughs> no. Yes. Oh, I did that. But I'm saying after that. After she caught me in my robe because she was coming into my bedroom and I was naked because I couldn't figure out how to put my bra on, I I threw on that robe and and she says, are you telling me you didn't have sex? And he said, no, no, no. And I said, when are you ever going to tell the truth? Right. So and I said, we had sex twice. And not not only did we have sex twice, uh, he said he loved me more than anybody else in the world. And he didn't know how to live without me and all that other Mm -hmm. shit. But so now I understand what you're saying, and I understand how hard it is to separate. And, you know, unlike you, I didn't really have that choice after that episode. It was done. Like, he walked away. He joined some cult with his wife, this marriage Mm. group or whatever it was that you go away for weekends. And, you know, who can compete with that, especially when you're not of the same religion to begin with? Right. But... And I also started to see somebody else like you did. And it was really hard for me to give that person a fair shot because of all of that intensity that you and I had lived through. That intensity comes once in a lifetime or maybe twice if we're lucky. But the third time or the fourth time as we get older, I'm not really sure that the intensity is healthy. I'm really not sure. And so now... You are with this person, David, 
who offers you a wonderful, healthy lifestyle, and I'm with the person I'm with that offers me the same thing, it's okay. Like, I'm happy and content yeah. with, with a certain part of the lifestyle. There might be things that I, I shake my head about. And I look at him and I, I might say to him, are you out of your mind that you think oh that we belong together? But exactly. It's <laughs> scary. Yes. Exactly, I feel. Yes, because they yeah. do things. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. I really wanted to be with a man that could take control and keep me out of trouble, keep me safe, and make me feel mm-hmm. comfortable. And now here I am with this guy who, yes, he does make me feel safe because he's bigger and he's, you know, his shoulders are like from one door to the other end of the door. But he is absent-minded with certain things where I am a chemo patient. Like I need somebody that, that can say, I got this. I got this, girl. You don't have to remember <laughs> anything. I got your memory covered. And meanwhile, I am the one that has to say, did you bring this? Did you do that? Did you remember this? And we laugh like idiots about it. But the bottom line is, it's scary for me because I'm used to having somebody that has control. Right. And how is David in that category? We're comparing these guys to our married guys. It's that same old story. We didn't see them in the same situations because it was an affair. I mean, I didn't, but I didn't his mother. It was different. I mean, I feel like we could kind of pick and choose what you want from the affair person because the time is so limited. You don't really know all of them. So yes. Things you don't really like, you don't see. Like, yeah, there are things about David that are like, I don't like, but if we were having an affair, I probably would <laughs> Right. Okay. I mean, That's a very good point. And it's true. I, and I also think that I expect it to be super hot all the time and amazing because that's what it was with John again because there wasn't as much time and it was different time and you know I just spent like the weekend with David it was there are moments where I was like oh whatever but (laughs) it's a good relationship and and then I get scared that maybe having an affair after really shitty marriage like can I don't even know how to have a relationship that is exactly the point that's like the whole crux of this conversation how do you go yeah. from being married to having an affair, which you really never get to know everything about each other because you're on limited borrowed time. Selective you, information. And then you're robbed of that relationship for whatever the reason is. And then you are forced to either be back with your ex or on your own. And then you find the new person and they have to live up to your expectations that weren't really real in the first place with the other guy. Of course. Because we were the other women. Right. I'm like, wait, you can't have sex five times a night? What do you mean? (laughs) Well, because I've been with you for five days and I'm going to see you all next week. So no, but it's different than... We have to limit this thing. ...who doesn't have sex ever with his wife. Yeah, it it, it is. It makes you a little like delusional in the world of real... Relationship. It, it makes us feel a little bit crazy, to be honest. I mean, yeah. that, that's the bottom line. And so even to this point, and it's been since not this February, but the February before, I don't know how many months that is. You know, with chemo brain, you lose track of numbers and shit like that. But it's been like almost two years. And I am with this person since April. I have to use my fingers to count how many months that is. And we had a little bit of a split up in between just for like a month. But the bottom line is, This poor guy 
that I'm involved with knows all about my history. And I don't know about you with, with David, but I've told him everything. So he's got a lot to live up to. And the thing is, I'm not asking him to live up to that. I don't expect him to live up to it. I am trying to adjust to a normal lifestyle instead. Yeah. And then I wear, like, is the normal too boring for me after? Yes. The affair, that scares me, you know. I mean, me too. Yeah. And that's why it's like it's a process. And every time, it's not just me saying no to John. It's me saying yes and enjoying the normalcy of a relationship with Ye- David and someone that's yes. like doing it the right way I mean I mean I don't know about you really I don't regret it because the connection the passion and everything that happened with John it was amazing I mean it really rotten things happen but still things happen for a reason and I don't wish it never happened I mean I know there are awful things but there are so many women that have been in our position that don't know how to be vocal about it this is not about me too this is about us making poor choices and yet It was probably one of the best decisions we ever made in our lives to be with those people we shouldn't have been with because they really impacted our lives. But they were never ours to have in the first place. I didn't get that at first, but now I I do. It's true. Yes, but I hope you get that because they will never come around to feeling like we do. We gave everything. They gave 110%, but the thing is, we felt guilty while they gave all of that because we knew that they were living double lives, and it wasn't healthy. Right. So I pray, pray, pray that you let John go. See John run. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I mean, like I said, I have like... An ankle in the dick sand. I'm out. I'm almost out. (laughs) (laughs) Do I need to come there? (laughs) You already have. You pulled me out so much in ways that you really really have. Oh, thank you. You have. I mean, it's good to know that someone else knows what you're going through. And, you know, in those moments where you just fail and you give in, whether it's to answer the phone or have sex in the library. I mean, (laughs) you, you, you know, you can move on from it and... Yeah, be forgiven, and you know, in the end, it's everyone's just trying to be happy and like feel wanted and loved, and it's no one wants to hurt anybody else. I don't think they do. I don't even think Melinda wants to hurt me. But uh, you know. I just thank God her name wasn't Belinda because I would really have a, uh, I would have a problem with that. Like, where's her fucking bubble? <laughs> pretty perfect. I mean, we'll see. If she finds me in town, you know, still doesn't know I live here. So that could that could be that could be episode number three. Oh. <laughs> I have this massive trip planned on the 13th of September. I'm going to see my daughters from the 13th to like the 17th or 18th. One of my daughters is very sick. I think you you might know that. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to visit all of them and I'm going to lift her up a little as much as I can. And then from there, I'm going to West Palm Beach to visit my girlfriend who has just finally rid herself of her husband who is let me rephrase that, her ex-husband, who's been living with her for the last 10 years because 
He knows how to fix things. <laughs> oh, God. I just can't even begin to tell you. And she's one of my favorite people. Like, she's really smart. And I, she's just so fucking stupid at the same time. But yeah, it's, but... you know, that smart, <laughs> stupid shit that we all go through. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see her. And I'm, I'm looking at real estate there. Like, I'm thinking of moving from here to there or here to anywhere because there's no reason to tie me here except for this man that I've been seeing for a while. And he knows that I'm going to look at places. Because I, I don't know. I really, I still don't know what's right or wrong. And then from there, I'm heading to Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm going to see That's my good. son. And I'm going to be there from like the 20th to the whatever. I don't want to say the dates because somebody will come and rob my house. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm so stupid. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to be in New York sometime in September. <laughs> If you come in, I w- this is the time. I'm going to be by myself. If you want to come right. in, let's... Day day. <laughs> okay. That would be awesome. Yes, we have to. I mean... Just to everybody I'm that's... I'm sure there'll be some stories to tell. <laughs> yes. Just to everybody that's listening, we tried to do this a couple months back, but I went to New York with somebody else, and my son was more than a captive audience. I just had no idea he needed me that much and wanted to see me as much as he wanted to. So I was sort of, you know, stuck between two rocks and two hard places. And I I really wanted to call Catherine and spend time with her because she said, when you come in, tell me, I'll come down and have lunch with you. So this is the time. I really believe that we should get together and meet. Yes, I'm I'm there. You just tell me when, where. I will. I'll buy the drinks. Oh, you don't have to do that, but that's a nice thought. (laughs) Or at least the first round. Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to let you go. And I appreciate you being as honest and forthcoming as you are. You know, it's not just for me and for you. It's for all these other women that get stuck in this situation. I have one question to ask you. After all is said and done, being married for 15 years or 14, whatever it was, having your children... Did you feel that being married was the right thing to do? No, uh, no. I actually had the conversation with a friend of mine recently. I don't know if I ever should have been married. I certainly shouldn't have been married to the person I married. But you had your children, so do you feel that justifies the marriage? No. Look at Goldie Hawn and yes. And, I mean Kurt Russell. Right? I mean, do I have, do I have to get married to have kids? No. Yes. I, I feel like I always just kind of was going with the flow. I was like, you know, oh, I'll get married and think about it. So to all the women that are listening, so we're married, we have our children, even if it was for the wrong reason, is it right in your mind to stay married longer, even though we know we shouldn't have gotten married in the first place? Well, not me. I was different. I really did. Like I said to you, I did love my husband. And, you know, the first 10 years or so, things were great because we had the same businesses and kids and all that other stuff. But to those women that have been married and had their children and had their lives and stayed together because they didn't want to screw up their children's minds or children's lives. Do you feel that that is the right decision to make? I'm just going to say, pardon my French, fuck no. <laughs> no. 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 Because I went with my mother six months after I was married and I was like, this is a huge mistake. And she said, get out now. No. It was a big chunk of life that I missed out. I mean, and I think being married for five minutes and realizing it was wrong is okay, too. Or mm. one year. I mean, I think you have to just let go with what you feel. Yes. Life is short. You're right. And so 
Are we on target with how life is supposed to be right now, Catherine? <laughs> yes. You know, like I said, moving and, and, and finally living alone, which I was waiting for and waiting for, has like some hard moments when you're like really alone and I don't know how to like, what about the lawnmower and the garbage? You know, it's tough, but yes. yeah, this is a big step in the right direction. And I'm. <laughs> Are we done being the other woman? Yes, that's for sure. I mean, I'll never be another woman again. <laughs> I mean, the other woman I was with John, I guess that's always a branded thing with him. But yeah, I'm done with that. It's not a fun place to be. Do you have a drink in your hand right now? <laughs> I would like to say cheers to both of us. We are done. Done. I mean, like done being the other women in anybody else's lives. Yeah, and I have to just say, give some credit to, to my new guy when I said to him, you know, I don't know the deal with you and your ex-wife, but I don't want to be the other woman. And he looked at me and he said, you're not the other woman. You are the woman. Aww. And it was awesome and cool. Yeah. So I love him. That. Yeah, he's good. So if I come in, I don't care if you bring him or you don't bring him. I just want to meet you. And, and I will yeah. welcome him with open arms if you decide to bring him too. I think it's you and me. It's a girl's okay. <laughs> That's good. Cheers. Cheers. Have a wonderful night. I appreciate you talking with me and and shedding light for everybody else that's normal that might fall into our abnormal lifestyle. Yes, and thank you, Robin. You've done so much good for me that, like I said, I don't think you even know. It's really, um, thank you. I'm grateful. Thank you. I appreciate that. I love you. I don't know you, but I love you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll stay in touch. Okay, I'll let you know when I'm in. When I'm coming. Please, yes. Okay. Definitely. Have a, have a wonderful night. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye now. And there you have it. Robin Marshall, sugar mom, doing a virtual pinky swear with another other woman, Catherine, where we will never, ever look at another married man as long as we live. It's too much agita, aggravation, pain, heartache, suffering, being alone. Yes, the times together are fabulous because they are stolen moments. And anything that's stolen is seductive. I think that's really what it was. You fall into this web of seduction. But there are good men out there that are waiting for you with their arms wide open and are willing and open and wanting to give everything Look for them. Stay safe. I'll talk to you next week. Much love. Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom.